Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy? Okay. Never, ever, ever ever have, have I ever. Never, ever. No, never have I ever. Never have I ever had sex in a doctor's office. I'm oh. back in the hospital, so I'll <laughs> say Um, what? is going on you guys i have so many questions that was a clip from the real houseless of beverly hills first of all kathy hilton has she never played never have i ever she kept saying never ever never ever ever i love that but i want to know more details about the sex in the hospital because not only did she say she did it but also bamboozle jane said she was doing it in the hospital too and i have so many questions like was it with tommy two-tones that you were doing in the hospital we know he's obviously had a lot of health struggles you know there was the cataracts blew up in his eyes and then he also had the ankle problem he rolled the hill a million times so there's been so many times he's been in the hospital was it one of those times i'm not sure but i have questions and then also kathy and rick like what were they doing having sex in the hospital like and what what were they doing in there that they decided just to do it in the hospital i mean i can't even imagine a time where me or my significant other would be checked into a hospital and then decide oh now we should be doing it you know, like I'm not in the mood uh, during a time I'd had my appendix removed recently. And Matt, uh, you know, was of course, he wasn't able to be in the hospital because it was during COVID times. But I was thinking, even if he was there, it's not like I'd be lusting after him while I'm getting my appendix out. You know, so like, what are the circumstances that people are doing it in the hospital? I'm not sure. The only other time I was thinking that maybe it could happen is like you have a baby and you know how you have to stay in the hospital for a little while after, but then I'm thinking, like, after what you go through with the baby, don't you need some time before you can have sex? Isn't there, like, uh, some breathing room you need? So I, I don't quite understand, and I would like more details. No one followed up on that. And I love that they played that game. Garcelle was the one who threw that bomb in there. She's like, uh, let's play Never Have I Ever. She said, "I've never have I ever stolen anything. And the those producers put the camera right on Erica Jane. They put it right on, and they kept showing it. Do you notice? Every time we go to commercial, they'd be, like, coming up on Beverly Hills, And then they'd show Garcelle saying, never have I ever stole. And then close up right on Bamboozle Jane, like right on her. I mean, I swear that must have pissed her off watching it because that was the producer's way of telling us, yeah, she's a bit guilty. She's guilty. That's what she is. She's guilty. That's what they were saying to us. So again, I just have to say, the producers are telling us something. That was their way of telling it. It was real shady and it was not very nice to her. So I'm sure she was pissed off, but that was their way of telling us like, hey guys, Pay attention to this. We want you to do a close-up on her. Anyway, you guys, speaking of Erica Jane, last week everyone was mad at me because I said it was all very sad and I got a lot of messages. You guys said, how dare I stick up for her? And here's what I got to say. I didn't feel like I was sticking up for her anyway. Um, but also, I'm trying my best. You got, I get on the microphone every week and I do my best. I try to judge based off what we're seeing on the TV and I'm doing my best. 
I'm doing my best, as we're all doing our best these days in the world and life and work, career, hobbies, all of it. We're all doing our best. And so uh, you're not always going to agree with everything I have to say. This is a podcast where I'm giving my opinion. So sometimes you guys might not like my opinion, but I'm trying my best. And also, I'm not, I wasn't even on her side. I like didn't even understand what people were mad at me for. I just said the whole situation was sad, which it is sad. Obviously, most sad for the victims of these crimes. Um, anyway, we're trying our best here. You guys, this week on Everything Iconic, we're going to be talking about Beverly Hills. We're going to be talking about Vanderpump Rules, which came back. In the theme song of uh, Vanderpump Rules, it says, these are the best days of our lives. And I'm not sure, we might have been past the best days of our lives at this point in season. I don't know what year we're in on Vanderpump Rules. We might have gotten past it, but I did think the premiere was actually really good. So we're going to dive into all of that, but we're going to start with Beverly Hills. Did you guys see... Speaking of Erica Jane, I know we've already talked a lot about her on this show, but she had tweeted about how the reunion's going to be four parts, and she said she was sort of bragging that she was the reason why it's getting four parts. And I do take a little bit of issue with this, because in the past reunions on Beverly Hills, there have been times where Erica has been a complete non-event for the reunions. There was that one year, remember she had a migraine? And I'm very empathetic to people with migraines. You know, I get it. You know, I know people who get migraines all the time. I get it. It can totally knock you out. And so this isn't a knock to anyone with a migraine. But there was a whole season where that entire reunion, she barely said anything from what I can remember. Maybe I'm forgetting a moment or two. But from what I recall, she was just sitting there like really upset because she had a migraine and just like wasn't engaging with anybody. And so... I think the other women that year had to pull up the dead weight and bring more to the table that reunion. And so now this year, the reunion's all about her and Tommy Two-Tones, that whole situation. So yes, she is maybe carrying the reunion in that way. But it's like, come on, give me a break. Those other reunions, you just showed up and didn't do nothing. You didn't say or do anything. And so now, you know, I'm not going to praise you for suddenly having this situation. And I don't know that it's really you that brought it. You know, it's Tommy Two-Tones did all these crimes. And so now, of course, we have to talk about all of that. So I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Um, next season, I think it's going to be the same cast. I imagine they're not going to let anyone go. They'll still be dealing with all this legal stuff. It'll make us a very an interesting season of TV. I think I read they're going to start filming at the end of October for next season already. So they're going to go right into it. So I think the same cast is going to come back. And I think it's a great cast. And I don't... I don't want it to change up, but I would like maybe the balance to be restored a little bit so that we have the other storylines going on. Because I just don't like the, I don't like that it's all, all of a sudden now she's bragging about the storylines being about her, but it's not, it's kind of dark stuff. It's all very dark stuff. It's dark sided. It's dark sided. And Dorit and Kyle, meanwhile, I just was reading that Kyle or Dorit, one of them unfollowed the other one. So I'm like, what's the story there? What's going on? Ah, you guys, maybe that'll be an interesting storyline going forward, and it won't be all the Tommy Two-Tones, Bambooza Jane stuff. Maybe it'll be more of the Dorit versus Kyle So I don't know. You guys, this week on the show, what's going on? We have uh, Sutton on the scooter, and uh, all the women, they're talking about all the Erica Jane stuff, even when she's not there. So when they're doing like a wine tasting with Erica Jane not even there, the whole thing is about Erica Jane, which I think is a little bit troubling, but the wine tasting did look really fun. All the other women are there. Kathy says something about how it's the five S's. Kathy says it's the five S's when you're wine tasting. See, sniff, swirl, sip, and swallow. But it took her a while to get there. <laughs> took Kath a while to get to that, those five S's. And I appreciated that. 
Crystal, you guys, she's been sort of a non-event the past few weeks, hasn't she? I mean, more than a few weeks. I feel like we haven't really... There's been episodes where I feel like I don't even know if Crystal said anything. And I like Crystal a lot. I'm just saying, I'm going to need her to get in the mix a little bit more going forward. And this is our first season, so we're giving them grace. I always think on a first season, we got to give some people some grace. Because they're learning their way. They're understanding, uh, getting their lay of the land. You know, they ebb and flow, but I'm going to need Crystal to get in the mix a little bit more next season. Uh, more so than the end of this one. Now, let's see. The women on these cable cars going to the winery, we just had Rinna shouting like, Look how pretty, guys! You know, like r- shouting on that cable car. And again, I-, I don't know if I'm just focusing more on Rinna's shouting this season, but I'm just noticing, and that laugh is a lot. A lot. And I don't mean to criticize. We all get different laughs, you know? We uh, Some people have annoying laughs. Some people have really infectious laugh. I have a friend, Katie B. She's always had the most infectious laugh ever. Love hearing her laugh. And then I have other friends. I'm not going to name their names. But you hear them laugh and you think like, oh my God, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't you guys know when you're on a movie? I mean, I just laughed on this microphone. Maybe some of you are yelling, shut the fuck up. You know, we all have different tastes and everything. Uh, but we've all been to a movie and you hear a friend laugh. Or have you ever gone to the movie with like a new friend and then you hear them laughing and you're just like, what the fuck did I get into? And then it's like, you never want to see them again because some people just have those nails on a chalkboard type of laugh. And I never noticed Rinna having that before until this season where I'm now so honed in on it. And I feel like I can't even concentrate on anything else. So at the winery, when we're all sitting down having their tasting, Kyle tells everyone about the burglary situation and the cataracts exploded. Now, Rinna jumps in and starts telling more of the story of Tommy Two-Tones. And I think her story, her version of it was way more concrete than anything we had heard from Bamboozled Jane. However, uh, when they add in a lot of the details, like about how it was snowing, everyone's face is like, what the fuck? What do you mean? And Rinna's just like, all true. And she kept saying, all true, meaning like the snowing's true and the car being turned over five times. She just says, all true story. She keeps shouting in her confessional. And then meanwhile, Sutton, who's the one we've relied on this whole season to really get down to business and get to the bottom of things, she said she don't want to play Fancy Drew anymore, which I love the name Fancy Drew. I'm going to start calling myself that. I love it. Fancy Drew. Uh, but she doesn't want to play that anymore. And I got so disappointed. I was like, Sutton, we need you. We can't just have you decide. You don't want to ask any more questions. We need this. Oh, I was upset with it when she said that because I'm thinking no one else is going to say anything. And then, you guys, there was a moment where they were talking about how Tommy Two-Tones has to get a caretaker now. And Crystal says, I pray to God they find a good caretaker. She says, this cuts me de- deeply. And she does start to cry and show some emotion. And that was lovely. I understood what she was doing because she was relating to her family situation. But it was a little bit frustrating that these women were so upset or so feeling so emotional. I felt like the whole group was really showing a lot of emotion based on this whole thing about Tommy Tutones having to have a caretaker and getting into conservatorship and all that stuff. And I was thinking, where's that emotion when it comes to like any of the these poor victims? Like, I don't even mean to laugh, but it's just so like absurd to me that they're more concerned with this old who's bamboozled all these people out of monies and everything. And they're showing so much, oh my God, I hope he finds a good caretaker. I was thinking, actually, shouldn't we be talking about the other people in this situation? Like, fuck that man. Like, why why does anyone give a shit about that man? I don't get it. I mean, what an asshole. Allegedly, apparently, this man was an asshole and did so many asshole things, not only to these victims, but also to allegedly his wife. So, like, uh, what are we feeling bad for this man at all for? 
I mean, enough is enough. Anyway, Kathy leaves to go get a massage. She does reveal that she was hit doing a Barbie commercial with the golf ball. <laughs> Let's talk about that for at least 46 minutes, because what the fuck was that, Kathy? She just revealed she was doing a Barbie commercial. Okay, so I get that part. Then she said she was hit with a golf ball. And first of all, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck kind of Barbie commercial has golf in it? Like, I've seen a lot of Barbie commercials in my day. You know, I remember it was waking up on Saturday morning watching Pepper Ann on Disney. One Saturday morning, they used to call it. So I'm sitting watching Pepper Ann. Of course, that's when they play the, the commercials for the girl toys. And those were always the ones I was most attracted to, was like the Barbie commercials and stuff. Remember they had that one fairy that like flew in the air? I used to want that so bad. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Any of you millennials out there, you know what I'm talking about. That one, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like it was like a Tinkerbell type fairy, although it wasn't Disney. But it was like you you pulled a string or something, and then the fairy like twirled up in the air and flew. Oh my god, I wanted one of those so bad. I wanted it so bad, and I couldn't even ask for it because I was in the closet, afraid to afraid to embrace my femininity. So I could never even get that. But the, I dreamed about that thing or a Polly Pocket. You know, the way I wanted a Polly Pocket when I was younger. I remember going to a friend's house, you know, a cousin or a girlfriend or whatever, and they would have the Polly Pockets everywhere, and I wanted those little miniature homes so bad, so fucking bad. I wanted the way I wanted a Polly Pocket, and I couldn't even ask for one for Christmas. I would have to just go play it at other people's houses. And then meanwhile, I'd get all the Nerf guns and all that kind of stuff, which is fun. Don't get me wrong. I loved a Super Soaker. I loved a, a Ninja Turtle. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I loved all those Power Rangers out the wazoo. But I did want a Polly fucking Pocket real fucking bad. I mean, real bad. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so Kathy's in a Barbie commercial. And she says she got hit with a golf ball. And I'm like, what? Who was, why was Tiger Woods in a Barbie commercial? Like, what, what is the connection there? Was it like a golf Barbie? Like, I guess they had sporty Barbies. I am staring at a Rosie O'Donnell Barbie right in front of me right now in my office. So we know that they have different types of Barbies, unexpected ones. But I don't remember a golf one, but she was hit with a golf ball. And also, maybe she was just like, <clears throat> were they filming it on a golf course or something? And then maybe like the golf ball hit her? I don't know. But I need footage of that. I'm not sure how we get that. Obviously, if she was filming a commercial, there must have been cameras around. So I imagine there is footage of Kathy, baby Kathy, young girl Kathy, getting hit with the fucking golf ball while she's playing with a Barbie. And what a fucking nightmare that would be. I would imagine Big Kath, who's pushing her young girls to do all this acting. And meanwhile, now I guess it makes sense why Kath never wanted to go into the acting anymore because she got hit with a fucking golf ball as she was trying to do a commercial. But I can only imagine like what's going through the parents' big cat's head, you know, these momagers. She pushed her daughter to do a Barbie commercial. Kath didn't even want to do one. And big cat's like, no, you need to go in front of the red light and earn a living. She's fucking five years old or whatever. She pushed those girls into showbiz so young. And then here she pushed the young girl in front of the camera uh, to earn a living for the entire family. And then she gets it with a fucking golf ball. I mean, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. But I'll tell you what, when Kathy said that, she said, I want to go get a massage and then told us she got hit in the head with a golf ball while she was filming a Barbie commercial. I got the chills. I have the no, chills. No. <laughs> I hope they dive into that at the reunion at least for uh, upwards of an hour and a half. Two parts of that reunion better be about that fucking Barbie commercial because I need to know more about what happened. I need the, and I need the footage. Roll the tape. Someone's got a tape. Call up Mattel. M-A-T-T-E-L. That's how you spell it. Find their number and, uh, and the yellow pages are on the internet because we need to get the, a hold of that footage. I need to see young little Kathy getting hit with a golf ball doing a Barbie commercial. 
Anyway, okay, that was enough about that. You guys probably were tired about that, but we had to talk about it. It's important. Probably the most important part of this whole episode. I know everyone wants to talk about all the Erica Jane stuff, but honestly, I'm most fascinated by that. Uh, Kyle does some impressions this episode. She does an impression of Erica. She does one of Sutton. Sutton did an impression of Erica. They all left. They were having a good time. They were having a good time. And then uh, we see Dorit, Sutton, and Kyle. They talk a little bit about how you're allegedly unconscious, because they say Erica Jane, she told us all this stuff about how he was unconscious, and now she's saying it's allegedly. Sutton says in her confessional, I think y'all allegedly drank the Kool-Aid. I think y'all allegedly drank the Kool-Aid. Sutton's, I can't even do Sutton's accent. It's like so whispery, but it's... It's very purposeful, everything Sutton says, and I'm really into that. Like, there, she whispers almost in the way that, like, Meryl Streep did in A Devil Was Prada, where it's like you hang on every word she says. Sutton does that with a southern accent. I'm sorry if you guys can hear drilling in the background. They're still doing construction. Don't even get me started. I know sometimes I tell you guys that, and you say you can't even hear it, but I can hear it, and it's happening. I promise. I promise it's not just a figment of my imagination, but I'm sorry if you can hear it. Hopefully you can't, though. Anyway, Dorit points out in her confessional in terms of the Erica Jane stuff, she says she doesn't want to push uh, the questions with Erica, but then she says that we look like dummies, and they do look like dummies often on this show because they're not pushing these questions that we all have. Then we cut to dinner. Erica shows up in Glam. I don't really understand the Glam, but she's in good spirits this episode. She orders her hot toddy. They all order the hot toddies. She says she watched CNN all day. She says Tom has done a lot of good and people should come help him. And I thought, what? Huh? <laughs> Tim Allen and Home Improvement. I said, huh? Like, what? He's a monster, I thought. And I don't understand. Sutton says that all the women want to prove they're her friend. And she says it's weird. And she said they didn't do that with Denise. And they showed the footage of them really grilling Denise. And it, it is that's the hardest part about this whole thing is it feels like they're not grilling Erica. And on any one of these Housewives shows, usually that's what happens to any of the women. And that's the whole gig. It's like people pressing these issues. Now, this is a more serious situation. There's all these legal matters involved. But I still feel like they should be pressing at least a little bit harder. And I understand Sutton saying now she's taking a step back. But she says, I've done it. I'm done being fancy Drew. But we need someone else to be fancy Drew then. Like, somebody's got to do it. So Erica reveals that her son called and asked if she's having sex with Army Hammer. I have the chill. Army Hammer. I forgot that he was even involved in this mess. I mean, he's got his own mess. I don't know if you followed any of that mess. Army Hammer's got a whole mess of his own going on. So I can't even imagine him getting involved in this mess. Uh, but Erica says, look, when her son calls and asks about Army Hammer, she just says no. And she says, mommy's broke and paying the bills in regards to her Instagram account. And they all sort of are laugh and cackle at at this. You know, it was like she was doing stand-up. I swear they were like watching Chris Rock on stage when they were watching Erica talk this episode. It was like they were all laughing up a storm. And yes, it was, it was nice to see them all in good spirits. But it was really strange because everything she said, Erica... They all just kept laughing. I mean, I was like, what are, are they watching a different show that I'm watching? Cause they were, it was like not like it was comedy hour. And suddenly they were all sitting in front of Erica Jane, just laughing, kissing the ass. And it was just so strange to me. And then Garcelle actually brings up that it's phony how they act. And Kyle did a messy moment where she's like, well, now Sutton's not talking because Kyle wanted Sutton and Erica to have more fight, you know, cause Kyle knows how to produce this show. And then uh, Rinna is just yelling at Erica, you're so fun tonight. And then Kyle says to Erica, you're going to come out on top. You're beautiful and talented. And I was like, this is a lot for me to handle. A lot 
for me to handle. They talked about everyone coming to visit Chicago, and Erica sort of complimented Sutton and how they did come watch her path the bus on Broadway and that chartered plane. Uh, I don't... I didn't under I couldn't make heads or tails of this. I always say on the Real House of Salt Lake City on those recaps, like I can't find my footing sometimes because things are moving so fast or so many things are happening that don't make sense to me. And this was a case on Beverly Hills where I was like, none of this is making it's not computing in my head. Like I felt like I was watching something different than the women were giving in the scene. I don't know if that makes any sense. I just I felt like I was disconnected in some way to what was happening on the show. And I felt a little, it made me feel mind-fucked, is what I'm trying to say. So then what happens? It's nighttime, Kath, she's sleeping with the fan. Kyle and Kath, Kyle goes in there, and Kath's just got the big fan running on her. (laughs) I love that. God bless. Uh, Erica's got the assistant and the makeup artist there. We see her, she sort of eavesdrops on Sutton and Garcelle. And they played that up as like if it was going to be some really interesting moment, and it wasn't. She just yelled at him. She's like, "What what are you bitches talking about? And then they're like, nothing. And that was it. That was it. But it was shady. I will say it was very shady of the, they haven't shown us glam. And the Bravo producers, I think, purposely filmed Erica with the assistant, with the glam team to kind of give us a wink and a nod saying, hey, she probably shouldn't pay for glam. Um, But here she's doing it. You know, here she's doing it. So I don't know. The law enforcement will have to figure that one out. Maybe they will. Then we get a fitness class. Rinna's happy because somebody will do fitness with her. Uh, Crystal's going to do the, I don't know what they were doing, like on the water. It was like yoga water or something. At least there were no goats involved. I was happy about that. But Crystal says she was she's very self-conscious about her body. And I just have to say, immediately when I saw Crystal in her one-piece swimsuit, I thought, she's got an amazing body, like a great body. And I know everyone's self-conscious about stuff. I get it, too. We Everyone has body issues. A lot of people have body issues. So... I understood it. I just wanted to be on the record to say that I thought Crystal's body was like phenomenal. Like I thought she looked great. Then, oh, we get Kyle and Erica doing pickleball. Pickleball, you guys. Did I not just say we're doing pickleball on all the shows? I feel like everybody's talking about pickleball now. It's like I can't get away from pickleball. And now I'm seeing Bamboozle Jane and Kyle V. Splits Richards doing pickleball on my housewives now. It's infiltrated the housewives. Completely infiltrated the houses. I thought it was just in my regular life. I kept hearing so many people talk about pickleball. I feel like everywhere I go, I hear somebody say, Oh, I'm doing pickleball. I'm in a pickleball league. I'm doing this pickleball, pickleball, pickleball. And I uh, said last week on the show, I don't even know what it is exactly. And now here they are playing it. Bamboozle Jane and Kyle, the splits Richards, doing the pickleball on the screen. You guys can believe it. And I don't think they played for that long. I think they they did a little bit of it, and then they did a cheers to their friendship, even though I do think they will eventually hate each other. Actually, I think they do in real life now. I think uh, Kyle and Erica, I think that friendship is fraught, and I'm excited to see it be even more fraught going forward. Meanwhile, Sutton shows up at the pool, yoga, whatever that is, with some pineapple sunglasses that are very shocking. Shocking to the eye, aggressive to the eye. You know, Sutton's clothes, I think, are very expensive. Uh, I don't know if that means they're good. I don't know if that means they're good. Sometimes they are. Same with Dorit. You know, Dorit must spend a lot of money on her clothes. Uh, I don't know if that means it's good. Back at the pickleball court, Erica and Kyle are talking about how Erica says she has nothing. Kyle says the victims need money, which I thought was good that Kyle recognized that. Now, uh, I think someone said the lawyer probably told her 
Erica Jane not to say anything. I think Rena said that in her confessional. I was like, at least we're finally acknowledging it because that was making me crazy. Although I understood the fact that maybe a lawyer had told Erica, hey, don't talk about the victims or whatever. I think that we need some people to call it out in the confessional, like because we're all starting to feel nuts. Um, but Erica did say she said a lawyer told her how courageous she is because she's not expecting anything. And I'm like, I don't know if courageous is the right word for all of this, but maybe I'm seeing something differently. I'm not sure. Uh, then we cut to Garcelle asking Crystal if she's ever been with a girl out of nowhere, out of nowhere. She just goes, have you ever been with a woman? And I was like, Garcelle, <laughs> Garcelle is being super messy. And I like that about her. I like that about her the past few weeks. Meanwhile, it was Crystal's birthday. Nobody knew it. And that was just, no one knew it. Crystal's like, yeah, my birthday's tomorrow. And they're like, what? Huh? <laughs> uh, no one knew it. Because, you know, uh, when it comes down to it, none of these women are real friends. Anyway, moving on. Then uh, Kath, she wakes up at 2.30 p.m. She woke up at 2.30 p.m. And she said she, sl- she slept the morning before at the sound bath. And then she went home early to sleep. And then she sleeps till 2.30 p.m. It's like, how much ca- how much sleep does Kath need? She's like, a, she's like a koala or a bat. I don't know if you know this. Koalas and bats sleep like 20 hours a day. I feel like I'm going to start calling her Koala Kath. She's sleeping 100 hours a day. Just like a koala, just picturing her on the tree sleep. <laughs> koala Kath is always asleep 20 hours a day. Or I, I think an armadillo sleeps like uh, 18 hours or something like that. It's like Kath is an animal that is just sleeping all the time. Anyway, she did hire top chef Brian Malarkey to do uh, some some cooking for them. And so they're all going to go on that yacht. Uh, there is a moment where Sutton and Erica talk. She apologizes for lashing out at Erica. And then Sutton says... You're too pretty to be mad at me. And obviously, this is just them all being phony. Like, this is all so stupid. Because Sutton obviously hates this woman. And this woman hates the other woman. All these women hate each other. And then here they are talking. She says, you're too pretty to be mad at me. And then Erica said some nice things to her, too. And I was like, it's also two-faced because these people really despise each other. Uh, but you know what? I really believe in karma, and I think Sutton's karma for saying that to Erica's face and lying to her directly was her trying to get on that boat. Because watching Sutton have to be hoisted onto that boat was just hysterical, you guys. It was hysterical just being hoisted on that boat. She couldn't get on. Uh, but, you know, again, they're all lying to our faces. I think at the reunion, at least all this stuff will come out and we'll, we'll get some, um, some closure, hopefully, with the relationship between Sutton and Erica. Cause on this episode, it seemed like they made up and I don't think they're actually made up. I do, I do want to say I liked Erica's sort of 70s style look with the big glasses, the blouse and the jacket. She says on the boat, she says, if she looks like she's having fun, people will criticize that. And if she's, uh, if she's looking too sad, then people are going to say that she's guilty. She says she cannot win, and I do think she's right. And that's when Rena says that the lawyers probably told her to address to not address the victims. And uh, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like also if you can't address it, I understand that. But then maybe don't do a reality show where you're supposed to address your whole life. Do you get what I mean? I totally understand these are legal issues that maybe you can't talk about. I get that. But then no one should be able to be on a TV show. If, if you need to earn the paycheck, it's sort of the catch-22. You need to earn the paycheck. Well, you got to talk about the stuff because this is a reality show about your life. So I always understand when a woman on these shows says, I don't want to talk about that. I get it. I wouldn't want to talk about anything, right? But that's why I want to sign up for a reality TV show about my life where I can't control the editing or the storyline. Do you get what I mean? Because I think there is a responsibility, and there's a responsibility on Bravo, too. I believe fully that 
They need to sign up these people who are able to talk about their lives and they need to tell the women, which I think they usually do. It's like, if you can't talk about it, we're going to demote you. We're going to kick you out. And obviously this is a different kind of situation because Bravo wants the ratings of this whole court case and everything to play out. So they want, uh, it's in their best interest to have her on, but it's frustrating as a viewer. It's like, well, I get that you can't talk about it, but then why are you doing a reality TV show about your life? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Anyway, Crystal then apologizes to Sutton. Everyone's getting along. Crystal then makes them play that game. Kathy does say she did a background check on everyone there. And she wasn't saying it as a joke. I think Kathy legitimately did a background check on every single person there. And then that's when they kept playing that clip of Garcelle saying, "Have I never have I ever stolen anything. And then they keep showing that close-up of Erica Jane. <laughs> she gets pissed, too, in her confessional. And I wonder how... She must have been pissed at the producers. She had to have been. I wonder if she sent them like a strongly worded email or something. Because I think sometimes she thinks she's getting away with stuff. And then the producers do something like that, where they just keep showing that fucking clip of her close-up of her face uh, after Garcelle says, never have I ever stolen anything, you guys. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Then they talk about anal sex and stuff, okay? Then, yeah, Kyle fucked someone on a commercial flight. Kath had sex in a doctor's office. Don't understand that. Garcelle then brings up strap-ons. Erica said she would have sex with someone with a strap-on. Good. Um, That's how we end it? We're just talking about strap-ons, which I appreciate, you know? Love a good strap-on conversation. God bless. We're sex positive here on Everything Iconic. Ladies, if you've never tried it, try it. Um, Sutton then, oh, she cries to Kathy too. And she says she doesn't want a friend that she's scared of. But then it's like, well, why did you just tell Erica that she's so pretty and like too pretty to be mad at you and stuff? It's like, well, what's the truth? What is the truth? And then, oh, the episode actually officially ends with Rinna on the, the bow of the boat, just yelling, I'm king of the world louder than hell. And it ends with Rinna saying, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> just a lot for my ears. And again, I hate to criticize someone's voice because everyone's got a different voice. A lot of you probably hate my voice. I get it. When One of the things that happens when you have a podcast, especially early on, doesn't happen so much anymore. But early on, when you first start it, it's like there'll be 100 people writing you and posting reviews and stuff about how they hate your voice. And I get that. And to them, I say, you shouldn't listen to a show that's an audio show about someone's voice you don't like. And so now as time goes on, you get less and less of that. So I don't hear that anymore. And I wish all those people well. However, I hate to criticize someone's voice because I know that feeling. It's like you can't do anything to change your voice. But I think in terms of Rena, it's like a different voice than she even has. It's like a different voice than we're used to. So I'm king of the world! You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm sorry to even put that in your ears, but it's a lot. Anyway, next week we get a Garcelle on a date, Crystal's Year of the Ox Party, Rinna and Garcelle have another issue. issue. And oh, Garcelle goes up to Rinna and says, you need to reach out to Denise. And that's them setting up Denise's return, which I don't know if you saw on social media and in blogs and stuff, I've seen that Garcelle has suggested that Denise comes back. And then Denise has been in interviews saying, never say never. And I think Garcelle told Andy on Watch What Happens Live that Denise would come back if Rinna wasn't there. And you guys, I'm very interested. Very interested and just, I don't need Denise back full time. I don't think that's good for her, but I would love her to pop in for a moment. I wouldn't mind a quick Denise hello. And also just to prove everyone wrong, because as they said, we'll never see Denise again. Remember Kyle Richards or Rena said that last season? So I'd like her to prove him wrong. Also next week, Rena is dressed as Eden Sassoon uh, from that one trip they took. Remember Eden Sassoon? I don't know if you guys remember that name. I know, it's a name you probably haven't thought about in a while. But Eden Sassoon, she was in this cast for a short time. 
And she did a couple episodes where she had that short Angelina Jolie in salt haircut or wig. And it looks like Rena Barda. And now she's wearing it next week. Very excited about that. You guys, that's The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Next week's the finale. Oh, I got to tell you guys, next week, the finale, I don't quite know the schedule of everything iconic. My birthday is next week. It's on October 9th. I have some interview episodes planned that are really good. I hope you guys listen to them. But I'm not sure because I wasn't going to cover next week's episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills because of that. I was going to do an interview episode so I can have a little breather, a little break for my birthday. But now it's the finale. So I don't know what the schedule is going to be. Don't yell at me if it's not out. It might be out. Maybe we'll cover the Beverly Hills finale on the next episode after that. Or I'm not quite sure. But I'll keep you posted on social media. Don't yell at me about it. I'm doing my best. And we're going to find a way to get all our thoughts in about Beverly Hills, uh, the finale, all of that. And then normally I don't even cover the reunions, but Beverly Hills, we're going to dive right into the reunion. So there you go. So we will cover it all. I just don't know the exact schedule, but subscribe to the podcast wherever um, you get your podcast so that you can get all the new episodes. Okay. Shall we take a break and then come back and talk Vanderpump Rules? I want to encourage everyone to pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Go pre-order it from wherever you get your books. Amazon. It'll be available. Uh, A lot of people from Australia are asking me. It will be available on the Australian pre-orders very, very soon. Any day now, I'm told. It'll be available on Booktopia and Amazon Australia. Um, It's available now in the UK, so you can pre-order it on Amazon UK. And then uh, for everyone in the States, call your local bookstores, your library, tell them to carry it. Uh, Pre-order on Amazon, IndieBound, all those places. Barnes & Nobs. Barnes & Nobs. Do we call it that? Barnes & Nobs. Anyway, thank you all for pre-ordering it, all of you who did. I love you all. Let's take a break here, and we'll come back and talk Vanderpump Rules. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Hello, you guys, Vanderpump Rules Season 9. I can't believe that theme song does give me a little boost, a little thrill, a little serotonin action, some endorphins flowing. I think it's one of the greatest theme songs in the history of TV. I think it's fantastic. We got a new opening. There's all these different cast members. And now Charlie, Raquel, they're in the opening now. We got Brock in the opening. You guys, Brock, uh, Sheena's new lover, obviously he's a gorgeous Australian man. Or, and... Gorgeous, stunning man to look at. A big piece of man beef. Is that something people say? It is now. I think he's beautiful. However, we've got to talk about that confessional look where he looks like he's all dressed in that gold, good as gold, like his, his soon-to-be wife, Sheena Shea. I mean, that all-gold, shiny foil outfit. I mean, what is that, you guys? What, I was shocked when I saw that. And he's a gorgeous man. I love looking at him. I just couldn't make heads or tails of that whole gold lame or whatever that was in the confessional. It was shocking to me. Shocking to me. But we got Brock there. She made him take the canvas prints, too. She's got the big-ass canvas prints of her with the baby bump and Brock. You know, they're caressing each other, which I love that Sheena just loves a canvas print of herself. I love that about her. Honestly, one of my favorite parts about Sheena Shea. And I'm so happy to see Sheena Shea back. You know, I really missed her on my screen. You know, I love me some Shishi. And I really hope I was mad at actually Lala because she was being so mean to Shishi. And I feel like in general, I was excited for Shishi this season because I thought a lot of the people who are always so mean to her were are no longer on the show. I always felt like Stasi was always kind of mean to Shishi, right? I just thought this dynamic shift might help Sheena thrive and people be nice to her. So I hope that continues to happen, but it made me upset to see Lala uh, not being so nice to our Shishi. So I want that. What else? Um, you guys, the cast, though, that we have returning, it looks like they're going to not make them work at Sir anymore. So we're not going to pretend that they're taking shifts at Sir. We're not going to have to pretend that Ariana's going behind the bar. We all knew that all that shit was fake. And so I'm glad that they're not forcing it. However, here's one complaint I do have about this show, about this season of the show. We're in season nine. And so many things happened off screen, right? We haven't seen these people for a year and a half or two years or however long it's been since they were filming last, right? It was a while. And a lot of the cast members were let go. We got let go of Kristen. We let go of Stassi, Brittany, Jax, those two men that no one remembers. And then that girl who was doing the comedy routines on the show, Dana. And then who was that other? There was like another Sir Girl employee that was new. So we lost all of these people. I think it was like seven cast members or let go, including a lot of the OGs, right? Jax, Kristen, Stassi, those are all OGs. Now, I was excited that they pared down the cast. I thought it was great. We needed less people. There were too many storylines going on. I think it was important to really get a streamlined cast of people that we care about and not too many people so that these storylines are so... That last season, it felt like we would be in a scene for... 30 seconds, then we cut to a new scene. It was like, I felt like it was too spastic. So I was happy to pare down the cast. However, 
and maybe you guys might disagree with this. I think it was a mistake not to address any of that. In my opinion, they should have just done like what they did when Bethany left The Real House of New York, where it was like the first couple of minutes of the show. We address all of these people being let go or fired or whatever uh, from the show and see the reaction of the cast or see just have them talking in their confessionals about how they feel about how the show is so different now. Because it's a pretty drastic change to me that was the elephant in the room of the whole episode. I was expecting them to address it. Now, again, I didn't need the whole episode. I didn't need it to be 45 minutes of them just being like, oh, I miss Jax or I hate Jax or whatever. I just think it should have been just a couple minutes to recognize the fact that this is a basically different show. I mean, we're doing a soft reboot with half the cast is missing. And what I keep thinking about is I always think about like my brothers, they are in Ohio and they watch Vanderpump Rules, but they don't follow any of the social media stuff. They watch with their wives and they don't really know any of the going ons of like the cast. So I don't think they paid any attention to the news about like this person was fired or why they were fired. I don't think they knew any of that. You know, I have a show about it, their brother, their own brother. And I think they listen sometimes, but for the most part, I think they just watch the episodes as they are. And I kept thinking about them, like, did they know that half the cast was fired or let go or why they were let go? Like, I don't think they're aware of any of that. So I just was imagining and I have to check in with them. I got to call them, see. But I just kept thinking about them, like, I wonder if they were confused. Like, where did all these people fucking go? <laughs> because where's where's uh, our Kentucky Brittany? Like, where did she go? Did she go off to Jamaica, like she said in her social media post? Hey, babe, Cruz and I are packed to go to the beach. You ready to go? Sorry, honey. Already here. I'm cruising through Jamaica. Cruising through Jamaica. So maybe that's where they think she is. I mean, I, but I just feel like a lot of the people who watch the show were probably watching it and asking themselves, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Where did all these people that I followed for eight years suddenly go off to. Like, I feel like they should have addressed it on some level. And I also think it was a missed opportunity for the show because it's very interesting and it's real life. And I think that's been such a complaint about Vanderpump Rules is that we're doing all this fake shit of like pretending they go into these restaurants and work when we know they don't. And pretending that they're poor, you know, for the longest time, we weren't able to pretend that they had money. Like we had to pretend that they were still struggling with their funds and all this stuff. And it was like, that's been the complaint for so many years. And then now they just ignore the biggest thing that happened off screen. To me, it was a missed opportunity. I know a lot of you will say like, well, I'm glad we didn't have to talk about those people. Or I'm glad they were just gone and and we didn't address them. But I felt like a, personally, just from a production standpoint, I thought it's a missed opportunity. And I think a lot of people are probably fucking confused. Maybe not everyone, people like us who watch these shows, follow people on social media, all that stuff. I don't think we're confused. We know what happened with all those people. But I think there are a large part of the viewing audience that were probably confused. And then eh, if I were them, I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. I'd turn the channel right away. Maybe I shouldn't be thinking about these people. They're not the fans that they need to be catering to. But I, I think it was a missed opportunity. But luckily, we still got a great cast. And I thought the episode overall was like very well-rounded. I thought we got some good feuds, some good foundations. I'm into it. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but I thought it was a very solid episode that made me excited to go forward. And the people that we have left, I like. I'm excited to see Ariana and Katie in that new relationship because I feel like we never really got to see them together because Katie was always with the Witches of WeHo. And now I do believe that I think like Lala and Katie will have a, a little bit harder time fitting in because they were more close with the people who were let go of this show. So I think it's going to take them a minute to find their way in. But otherwise, I'm excited to see those new dynamics of Ariana and Katie or 
or Lala and Sheena. And I think we're already seeing that dynamic play out. And that's fascinating to me. Also, I mean, adding Brock, I think, was very brilliant. And he's got all these supposed uh, skeletons in the closet of what we're seeing in the coming attractions. And they're going to confront him about the other kids and what's going on with the other kids. And when when I saw that pop up, you guys, I got the fucking chills. I have the chills. I want to know what's going on there. What's his story? What's his story? And then we still got some of the classic Vanderpump Rules stuff. So we got the James of it all, who, by the way, James is supposedly sober, but he had this big fight with Max, which we got to break this down for at least an hour and 20 minutes because Max and James, they were at a place called Dantana's, which is an Italian restaurant here in West Hollywood. It's a great restaurant, great pasta, chicken parmesans out of this world. So they were at Dantana's and got in a big fight about splitting the check and salad. And James had allegedly had just a, a pre-workout pill. Now, a lot of people, I saw people on social media saying, he's not sober. It had to have been something else besides a pre-workout pill. But I honestly believed him. <laughs> Here's why. Because I don't know if you ever had a pre-workout drink, a pre-workout shake, or a pre-workout. I've had these pre-workout gummies that I had once. They were given out of my gym. And you feel like you're fucking nuts. I mean, honestly, if you've ever had... We're not talking about a cup of coffee. We're talking about a pre-workout thing. They make you feel crazy. And so I actually sided with James. I didn't side with him on what he said. The things he was saying, he kept saying, you're a fat prick. And excuse my language, these were all direct quotes out of James. He said, he texted Max and said, you're fat and nobody likes you. And I don't like how James is constantly going to the fat weight thing because we saw him do that with Katie Maloney years ago. And it's like, James, we need you to get new material, Okay. Uh, enough. It's not an insult when people are fat. Stop it. Everyone's got different body weights and everything. You just got to stop it. This is why people have body dysmorphia, because people are yelling fat in each other's faces. And Max, by the way, isn't fat. He's not fat at all. So the fact that James just kept yelling, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. And he said, one of the texts that he sent Max was, all I can think about is how fat you are. And I was thinking, James, that's really all you can think about? Like, you don't got anything? You got a beautiful gal you're with, Raquel. Think about her. What do you think about how Max is fat all the time for? Like, what? I just, I don't know. The way that he phrased that, I was just sitting there thinking, like, James is at home just playing through his mind. It's just like, Max is fat. Max is fat. Max is fat. And it was like, James. Ah, but I was so mad about that. I hate that James goes below the belt. And because we all want to root for James. I mean, I think a lot of the bad behavior that James exhibited, we all said, well, he wasn't sober and he wants to get better. And he, we see him cry and it seems like he does want to get better. And there are moments where we see the good James shine through. And we all want to believe it in that human struggle of someone getting through a bad time in their life and coming through on the other end and being a good person. But the fact that he was just calling him fat all the time over a salad over a split in a salad. Hello? Hello? And then James flicked water at Max, and then a heater went to the ground. I can only imagine the chaos of the scene at Dantana's. Dantana's isn't a huge restaurant. And I imagine this happened during the pandemic. They had to eat outside, so there's just heaters flying all over the place. Salads being thrown, water being flickered. James just yelling that someone's a fat prick. I mean, the chaos of all that. You're a fat prick! You know, just him shouting that in his accent. I mean, pure chaos, but pure Vanderpump rules at the same time. You know, that whole fight, I just was like, I honestly was getting excited by the fight. And again, I don't agree with what he said, and it isn't appropriate that it was happening in public, blah, blah, blah. But from a voyeuristic point of view, I thought Vanderpump rules is back, baby. (laughs) They're back, baby. This is an insane fight. And then they brought it to Lisa Vanderpump, who's in the tie. They brought it to her house with all the animals. And she's got the tie on, like she's the judge and jury. And she, it seemed to me, was sort of siding with James more than her son, who's called a fat prick a bunch of times via text. 
And I was kind of shouting through the screen, like, maybe you should, she's got a soft spot for James, which I get. But I also was thinking, like, shouldn't you side with your son, who was called the fat prick a bunch via text? Um, but, you know, she was playing the middle ground. And I think that's because producer Lisa was in that scene thinking, we need James for the show. Produ- producer LVP knew that this was good for the show. She knew that. James knew that. And Max knew that. Um, I don't actually, maybe Max didn't know that. But LVP knew that. She's like, we got to keep James. This fight is too good. So it uh, looks like Max is going to be part of the season now. There was a small little part of me, this is maybe skeptical, Danny, thought that this was like a planned fight because I thought Max and James were close. And I thought this would be a smart planned fight to get Max on the show. And so I don't, I don't think that's true ultimately, but there was a small little tiny little moment of me, a small little moment where I thought, uh Oh, this is kind of scripted, but maybe I was wrong. Then what else is going on? Lala and uh, Rashina had the kids. So Lala, we see the home video of her giving the birth. Uh, she's mad that Randall won't try her breast milk, which is a, a thing that obviously she's presenting to us on this show, which is a thing. She also says, I want my man to milk me. And this was a moment where I was a little, you know, I thought maybe we didn't need Lala this season. You know, I th- she gives good TV though. She does give good TV, but there's, you know, she's promoting the book. She's got a book called Give Them Lala. One of the revelations in this acclaimed novel is that she put uh, Randall's toothbrush up her butt when she got mad at him. That's a revelation in her book. You won't find that in my book. You know, If you go and pre-order my book, How Do I Unremember This on Amazon, available now for pre-order out March 8th of next year. There's no stories about me sticking a toothbrush up my butt and giving it to my boyfriend, Matt. It just doesn't happen. So I'm sorry to let you all down. Hopefully, there'll be other stories in my book that you like. But in Lala's, if you want that story, it's there. She put a toothbrush up her butt. Okay. Then we see her baby. The babies are all cute, I will say. Those babies, their baby named Ocean, and then Sheena's is Summer Moon. I think those names are really cute. And I think these babies are really cute. I do. I love a baby, though. I love a baby. Uh, Then we cut to Sheena. She's mad because, first of all, Brock forgot her birthday, which Brock... And he forgot her birthday. He was sitting right there. She's like, it's my birthday party. And he, like, didn't have any fucking clue. And then meanwhile, she also got mad at Lala for not showing up, but then it was revealed that Brock didn't show up for her after the, you know, she had that personal crisis. And she said she's mad at Lala for not showing up. And I'm like, she, she, Brock didn't show up either. He was apparently golfing. But Lala was with Megan Fox. And I was like, oh my God, Sheena, you should be more mad at Brock. I understand being mad at Lala too. Like maybe you'd be mad at all of them, but she didn't care that Brock was on the golf course while she's having this personal crisis. But she was mad about Megan Fox. And then what else is going on? Uh, North Hollywood. Oh, Ariana and Tom, they got the house furnished. They have a Keurig in the bedroom, which I love. Their house is gorgeous, by the way. I think they got good furniture. I'm happy they... It looks good. Um, But it's revealed that Lala talks shit about Ariana. She said, you don't care about me. I don't care about you. She said this on a podcast. And then Ariana gets pissed. She says, I don't give a fuck about 99% of people, but I gave an effort to give a fuck about her in regards to Lala. She says, I let her eat my cookie. I have the no, chill. No. She revealed that, which she revealed that last season. And I do feel like Ariana's always been a good friend to Lala, and I wish Lala would be vice versa, a good friend to Ariana. But Ariana, you guys, it seems like she doesn't give a fuck this season. I don't know about you guys. Did you see her reaction shots later in the episode when they had that hibachi birthday party? Every time they cut to Ariana's face, it was like I was watching the, uh, B. Arthur and the Golden Girls. We were getting a flawless reaction shot out of Ariana, and she made a noise at one point. She's like, Ugh! 
I don't even know how to explain, but she did like, "Ah!" and I thought she really came to play. She really came to play this season and I'm into it. Very excited about it. What else is going on? Oh, there's this whole Tom, Tom, they're having the new bar. They're not sure what to name it. It's like Schwartz and Sandy's. I actually think Katie was, I was exciting with Katie Maloney on this one because I don't like that name. And I think they revealed on Watch What Happens Live that it is going to be named Sandy and Schwartz's or one of the two. And I also agreed with Tom Schwartz where he said it sounded like a deli. I thought it sounded like a great deli, by the way. A great deli. My deli just closed here. Greenblatt's Deli here in West Hollywood, the one I used to go to all the time. They just closed. I'm devastated about it. Uh, the pastrami sandwich I used to get there. He goes, I'm, I'm losing it. I used to love, they had a black and white cookie. They had a pastrami sandwich I loved, like I was obsessed with. A chicken noodle. They had a matzo ball soup that I, anytime I was sick, I'd go get the matzo ball soup at Greenblatt's Deli. They're closed now. So I could use a new deli. Schwartz and Sandy's Deli, I was jazzed about. And then to come find out it's a bar. It's a bar. So I do think they should have went with another name. It's obviously going to cause problems with Katie getting in the mix with Tom and Tom's love life slash professional career. There is like a hot mic moment where Sandoval puts, uh, pulls Schwartz aside and he wants Schwartz to like the name. And I, I do believe people always take sides where it's like, I'm on team Katie or I'm on team Sandoval. And what frustrates me is like, I feel like Schwartz is the one that causes that division. <laughs> I feel like all Schwartz has to do is like say I back his wife or back his best friend, but he sort of plays that middle ground. And so the audience, as well as the friends on this show, they're forced to choose between the two. And it always makes me laugh. It's like he just escapes out of this whole thing unscathed. And then meanwhile, everyone dogs his best friend or his wife. And it's like, we should really be dogging Schwartz. Obviously, he's a gorgeous looking man uh, with the puppy dog eyes. But he's the one who needs to make these decisions. And the Katie and Tom take all the heat. All the heat. And they, they were at this hibachi birthday party, which I love a hibachi. Love a hibachi. Uh, nothing better than hibachi. Especially, remember when you're a teenager, you go to for a birthday party, birthday dinner or something, and they flip a piece of meat in your mouth. You know, when they're cooking in front of you, they flip a piece of meat and you catch it in your mouth. You never have more pride than when you're a 16-year-old kid and they flip a piece of chicken in your mouth and you catch it at a hibachi birthday party. Never will I feel more proud than that moment. So the Lala and Sheena at all, they sit and talk, they make up. Uh, they, Lala says, I wasn't there the way you wanted me to be there. And they, they hug, they make up. Then Lala goes back to the hibachi table and Raquel walks up to Lala. And I was so excited about this because Raquel, it seemed like she was gonna, she was ready to like console Lala over this whole situation with Sheena. And then all of a sudden Raquel shifted. It was like, all of a sudden she shifted and was like, well, I don't care what you think about me. I have the no. kill. No. <laughs> It was like, I did not expect that out of Raquel. And she said, I don't need your approval anymore. And then Lala's like, what the fuck is going on? Are you trying to battle me right now? Like, what's going on? And then Raquel says, I felt attacked by you in the past. You need it. And Lala's like, you need me to baby you? Like, what's going on? And I just was so proud of Raquel. Because Raquel, you know, I feel like is feeling empowered. Because those other people that were let go from the show, they didn't like Raquel. None of them were nice to Raquel. And so now Raquel's got more people on her team. And so I appreciate it. I love me some Raquel. I want to see her in the beauty pageants, all of that. Raquel's got a little bit of that shaky voice, too, which I don't know if you're watching Potomac. You should be. But Escala on The Real House of Potomac has that shaky voice, too. But yeah, when Raquel just walked up to Lala's, I don't need her approval anymore. I don't need you. I just wanted you to know that I don't need your approval, Lala. It's like that shaky voice, and I love it. 
I love it. I had a friend who used to have, in high school, used to have that shaky voice. It was like, you were on the edge of your seat the whole time they were saying a sentence. Edge of your seat. And then when I see Raquel and Escala now, I don't need your approval anymore. And you are just listening with bated breath. I'm like, what's Raquel going to say next? I need it. And then Ariana chimes in because, you know, Ariana's over with, uh, over it. And Ariana says something like, are you fucking kidding me, Lala? And then Lala's like, no, I'm not fucking kidding you. And then there's all these noises. And Lala kept trying to imply that Ariana was really drunk, but it didn't seem to me like Ariana was drunk. It just sort of ended, though. That was the problem with these feuds, the Lala Sheen of it all, and then the Lala Ariana. They kind of felt like they went nowhere to me a little bit. I hate to criticize, but it just felt like a little anticlimactic to me. And again, I thought this episode was very well-rounded. I thought it was a good episode. But to me, it just felt like a normally good episode. And I thought, they're coming back with a soft reboot of the show. They need something splashy. They need to get us talking. They need to get the girls talking. Uh, and give a, give us something. And they didn't, I feel, give us something that was super memorable. It was just a solid episode. So I think uh, the people that have ditched the show, I don't think they're going to come back for this. I think they're going to enjoy what they watch. But it worried me a little bit. It worried me. Because, you know, we like Vanderpump Rules. They've given us so many seasons of good TV. We want the best for them. And we want them to reach the glory years. And they're never going to reach those glory years of season two, three, four. It's never going to be that again. However, I just think they needed something splashier. You know, I like mess. I like mess. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But anyway, guys, I, I'm going to watch the season. We're not sure how we're going to do the recaps of it. We might dip in here and there. We might do every week. I'm not sure. Stay tuned to Everything Iconic. You'll get all the updates. We'll see. TBD. TBD. You guys, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. If you want the Sex in the City recaps, you go to the Patreon page. 
It's uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic. You get those recaps. I do one a month and you get those if you donate $4 or more per month. Uh, go to everythingiconic.store if you want the wine glasses or mugs or any of that stuff and then pre-order the book. You guys love you. Stay safe. Uh, let's um, do our cheesy little cool down, shall we? Take a moment to take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Guys, I love you so much for listening. Raise your glasses high. This one's for you tonight.